Hello and welcome to another edition of the Newsreel. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And on this show, the Newsreel, we do talk about movie and TV news. But before we do that, uh, Jeremy, let's warm up like we normally do on this show with our TNR question of the day. Uh, but, um, you know, usually sometimes, Jeremy, you know, like you or I, we come up with a fun topic question to warm up with. But uh, I guess for this week, I actually found this um, fun TNR question of the day from a podcaster that I do follow from uh, the Ringer Podcast Network uh, named Shay uh, Serrano. And on a recent tweet, Shay asked um, of his followers this question. So I wanted to kind of borrow from that. Mm. Thank you again, Shay. Um, Jeremy, what's a TV show with a score that fits the show perfectly? So I've been trying to think of a show that I watched recently. Mm. And you know me, I don't watch too many TV shows. Uh, so, but I almost I, I almost wanted to say Loki because I thought that soundtrack and that score was really good and fitting for the show. But the one that I think really, really fits it um, would have to be The Time Traveler's Wife on HBO. Just because the use of piano and violin in that show, I think, and the way that they can use the composer Blake Neely, who's also done shows like uh, Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, like those superhero shows. So I was kind of surprised when I saw his name pop up for this show. Mm-hmm. And it was like the music, I feel like he stepped it up in this show enough to the point that I'm like, man, I really like the soundtrack. I'm listening to it pretty often right now just because it's it's pretty calming. But with just piano and the violin, it's able to like go from romance to suspense like super easily. And uh, just kind of plug my own short film upcoming short film <laughs> the end of yesterday it kind of i took some notes on what type of music i should choose based on um blake neely's work in the time traveler's wife <laughs> nice <laughs> it's fun to just at least borrow concepts or ideas mm-hmm. of like what's happening in on a given scene what kind of music gets scored for that particular scene, especially if you have something similar, not necessarily like the same or whatever, but maybe a similar type of, um, I guess, uh, scene that you have set up and then you have, uh, then you, you, you kind of know what you're looking for. Yeah. It's like the type of ambiance I really enjoy that the, the score really gives off. And I, I was like, ah, I, I need that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, I I know I've mentioned the show plenty of times with Time Traveler's Wife, but I don't think I've mentioned the music, which I think is a bit underrated. I don't think anyone else will notice too much, considering it's one of those shows that's not super out there. It's not the Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings or whatever. It's uh, a little lower <laughs> on that list. What was the name of the composer one more time? Blake Neely. Blake Neely. Um, You mentioned that, you know, his other work. Did you notice any of, uh, I guess, some of his signature, um, like, sound from, like, previous shows that you've watched? Because I've noticed, uh, I noticed that you mentioned shows that you, I know that for a fact that you have watched. Is there, like, kind of some similarities from those other shows to the Time Traveler's Wife uh, soundtrack? Yeah, out of the three superhero shows I mentioned, Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl, I want to say it probably sounds the most like Arrow, mm. um, especially in its emotional scenes. 
I think he takes inspiration from Errol. Maybe that's why I like it too, because <laughs> I honestly think Errol has the best soundtrack out of the three of those. Um, uh-huh. And it's yeah, the emotional. He definitely took emotional cues from from Arrow. Yeah, oh, I get it. Though once you once you find a show that hits you in the feels, especially if 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 it is this um, original, uh, I guess an original score. I mean, yeah, sometimes, you know, uh, directors or or what have you, they're going to be able to find a popular song that fits perfectly or maybe even come up with an original song by an artist that comes uh, that fits perfectly with the th- overall them- uh, thematic like items, you know, basically the theme mm-hmm. of the, the show or, or, or movie. But when a composer actually composes something symphonic with orchestra, full orchestra music um, and captures the mood perfectly, oh my goodness, I, I, I think there's, it just takes it to another level. I don't know if you agree with me on that. Yeah, there's, there's something about music. Like Reacher has been one of my favorite shows of this year so far, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, that's my favorite score. Yeah. Uh, like honestly... The music's not that memorable, so it's like, uh, but if they did have some memorable music, then maybe it would have made the show even better. So, but the music is definitely something that stands out in The Time Traveler's Wife to me, and it does bring that show or the the tone of the scene to another level. So it's, having a good score is definitely something that... Th- us the viewers sometimes take it take for granted uh i don't think uh either uh, you I mean, or yeah i don't think either of us does that um i think we actually are one of the ones that do appreciate it because i mean yeah you know i i think in especially in recent years i think because marvel has con- uh the mcu has conditioned us to stay beyond the credits just because you know there's usually the stingers after the fact so by proxy we're actually listening to some of the music that accompanies Mm. the movie you know the soundtrack or whatever and so sometimes they they come with some some of these catchy songs sometimes you you know you'll get those emotional songs that catch you in the feels that like oh my goodness this is so good Mm -hmm. um but yeah i feel like you and I have a, a a pretty good appreciation just because we've sat through a lot of credits in the last decade or so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's some movies and some shows that have beautiful soundtracks, but sometimes this movie or show just sucks. So it's yeah. a shame that music like that kind of goes to waste. Yeah. Well, for me, my um, I guess my answer to the question that Shay had posted on his Twitter account. And I think I mentioned it a little before we started uh, recording because I wanted to make sure that Jeremy actually listened to one of the songs that I was actually going to refer to because my answer to this is also a recent um, season of TV and it's also on HBO Max. I'm going with Westworld and specifically um, season four is just, oh my goodness, I was telling Jeremy that this new season has just blown my mind just like it did in season one. So I think I truly believe Westworld is officially back. Um, that I feel like we can talk about this show uh, at, at another time, maybe another show. But specifically for this question, um, I had mentioned on an earlier episode on the main show during the ritual when I had uh, watched the season four premiere 
that it ended with a major reveal. I still won't spoil that for you, Jeremy, because I know you're going to watch it. I know for a fact you'll watch it because <laughs> um, I'm going to pimp it uh, until you do. <laughs> yeah, more likely than me finishing Ms. Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because at least, you know, like you've already finished two complete seasons. So, yeah. I mean, you're just now, what, uh, only a season and a half behind. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there was that major reveal on the premiere of season four, and my goodness, it was an amazing um, what do you cover by Ramin Jawadi, one of our favorites. I mean, he's best known for you know doing the Game of Thrones stuff, but man, his stuff on Westworld is just out of this world as uh, as well. But he did a symphonic, full orchestra with full strings version of video games by Lana Del Rey, and my goodness, I was just telling Jeremy that I pumped it that song in my in my in my car and with the just oh my goodness the sound system just on full blast and it was just like it was like the perfect way to start start off my wednesday so yeah that's oh my god it's so good well how'd you feel about the song you listen to it yeah it's it's good because it's like i like his renditions of these classic songs or yeah some classics some newer stuff and it's always been good because his style is Especially in Westworld, I really appreciate. It. I love the 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 strings. I love the the piano, especially. I think it's like uh, when I was making my short film, also inspired by Westworld's music. And yeah, like Ram Jawadi has always, ever since he made music for Iron Man One, I've always like appreciated. Like, hey, there he is. Yeah. And. Um, that's why I was a bit disappointed when he wouldn't, he didn't return to make the music for Iron Man's two and three. I mean, I still like Iron Man three's soundtrack pretty, pretty good by Brian Tyler, but yeah, something about Raman Jawadi and, um, but Westworld soundtrack is always something I look forward to because he weaves the tone of, you know, the overall show's main theme over different kind of like the Western genre yeah. over um the japanese uh west world i forgot what they call yeah, it Sh- shogun world so yeah see so it, i like how he's able to weave through different cultures i guess in that world mm-hmm. and uh and yeah cut his renditions of covers are always good it's like yeah, yeah sometimes yeah. You, you've heard that song enough that it's like oh it's yeah it's you get used to it but when you hear it made in a different way it's you appreciate yeah. it a little bit differently yeah, because I mean, uh, I mean, Westworld takes place in, I guess, in the future. So, really, in essence, like any song that's even out, it could be out like now in 2022, they make it seem like it's, oh, it's a classic song from way back in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Because obviously it takes uh, place in the future. And, and some of the other songs that I also wanted to just quickly highlight for this, only for this season, season four, he did a rendition of Metallica, mm. Enter Sandman, and. This past episode, I told you, an all-timer episode, episode four, he did a, a, a another orchestra, like, instrumental version of um, Frank Ocean's Pink and White. Oh, my God. That's one of my favorite songs already. And the, oh, it was a beautiful scene. And, and I heard it. I was like, wait, is that the song I think it is? And it was. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Mm. Dude, so good. At least one of the things I have to look forward to in for future seasons I'm going to watch. Yes. Uh, Me being the movie guy here on the newsreel, I have a a kind of a mixed 
kind of news for today. I guess it involves both TV and movies because the streaming wars have been going crazy these past couple of years, I feel like, especially ever since COVID happened and we can't go to the theaters as much. TV has evolved a lot, even the last two years, from Netflix being like everyone wants Netflix, everyone's sharing passwords and all that stuff, and to now everyone is like a little bit disappointed in Netflix. They're losing a lot of licenses, obviously, and then you have to get Peacock, you have to get Paramount Plus, Hulu, Disney Plus, and all that stuff. HBO and, Max. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> we're not sponsored by HBO Max, even though we keep mentioning all their shows. Um, but some news came out, I guess, that I, I found kind of interesting. And uh, Netflix's co CEO, Reed Hastings, he kind of re- revealed some data numbers because they, they were projected to lose 2 million, <laughs> 2 million subscribers, I guess, uh, for Netflix. But in a surprising win, <laughs> I guess, uh, they only lost uh, 970,000 subscribers. <laughs> so Only. Only. <laughs> um, but obviously the, the headline for Variety said, this is a quote from um, Reed Hastings saying, it's definitely the end of linear TV over the next five to ten years. And that's true. We've, we've been knowing it's coming. But my question, because we know that ads are coming to Netflix, I think also possibly with this lower tier, like cheaper version of Netflix, it's not going to actually include all the, you won't get the full catalog of shows. That's what I've heard. Mm -hmm. Do you think, (laughs) where do you think Netflix is going to be? I guess maybe two years, three, uh, like in the future, do you think someone else is going to be able to supersede them? Do you think Netflix will fall? Because it seems like their subscribers, like I'm not going on Netflix as much. There's some good stuff, but not as much as there used to be, obviously. That's why everyone's leaving and paying for other stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But where do you think this is going to leave Netflix in the coming years? And you said how many years? Like two years from now? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hypothetically? Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I will go on a semi-limb. As much as I want to say HBO Max, it, I don't think it'll be them mm. just yet. I love their content, by the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> HBO just by itself. <laughs> ah, it's so good. Not sponsored. <laughs> but sponsor us, please. Um, if anyone's going to uh, overtake um, Netflix... And I'm calling it right now. Disney Plus will overtake him. And it's just simple as this. It's cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's it's cheaper. I mean, I and they offer different bundles, you know, like they they offer the one with Hulu and they offer the one with ESPN. Um, and then there's like different variations of that. And at its even if you just want Disney by itself, they're still only charging five ninety nine a month. Mm-hmm. Whereas Netflix, they keep raising their prices. Uh, oh shoot, how, what are their prices right now? I feel like it's like eighteen ninety nine, or did they? Was that the last, like a couple months ago? I feel like they raised it. I remember I got an email eighteen ninety nine. Oh, is but, it? Hey, do you have the four K um, plan, or do you have the uh, just a regular ten eighty? I think I do have the four K. 
Oh, okay. So I do I do pay a little bit less. Mm. I don't know if they're going to raise this beyond there, but I'm looking at my statement right now. Netflix is charging me fifteen forty nine for ten eighty because I mean I don't have four K yet. <laughs> I'm, <Yeah>. I'm broke. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't. I feel like Netflix, um, even though they're um, intentional about, like you said, they were going to go offer a cheaper tier, but again, with ads and not the full um, complement of, I'm I'm guessing they're going to leave off certain originals off. I feel like Disney Plus at a fraction of the price and they're always producing new content. There's going to be a bunch of t- uh, Star Wars shows. There's always mm. going to be at least four MC shows per year. Um, and then they're going to have like their movies. And I think they have what National Geographic stuff too on Disney. Plus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Disney's going to overtake them. Okay. I can definitely see that uh, because especially the, the Disney and Hulu combo. I, I think that's easy. Like, that's easily ones that I don't think I could go without Hulu and Disney. It's like it's the Marvel stuff and then the more adult stuff on on Hulu. I'm like, dang, that's where I've kind of been watching more recently and HBO Max, but not sponsored. Um, <laughs> for me, I think although I hate kind of like the way that they've organized their shows and TV and all that stuff, kind of the interface, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime is one that I feel like could overtake Netflix if they if they freaking fix their interface. Sometimes it's so hard to just like continue watching your last I, episode. <laughs> I'm 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 glad you mentioned that. I heard I think I saw a, a what do you call it a post yesterday that they're finally finally supposedly going to update their uh, their UI. Holy crap, dude. I don't know if that I don't know when that'll happen, but I heard that that's actually in the works. <laughs> okay. I hope so cuz they drastically need it. Just finding my last episode I'm watching of the terminal list, it's like where is the, where's my continue watching or whatever. Um and I've just logged in like 2 minutes ago. So, I think Amazon Prime has to take advantage and it sounds like they will especially with the Lord of the Rings show that we keep mentioning mm-hmm. here on this show. Mm-hmm. So that can be a huge push to overtake Netflix. I mean, Netflix has Stranger Things, has Squid Game. It's always going to have those shows, but the prices that <laughs> they're putting up for these shows, man, it's like, okay, maybe I'll subscribe for a month to binge watch Squid Game, to binge watch Stranger Things, and then I'll hop off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sounds like me and AMC Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like me and maybe Paramount. <laughs> yeah, no. I might have but, to re relook at that uh that subscription too. <laughs> just because it's because uh, these streaming wars is kind of becoming like old school cable TV where it's like you have to buy all these channels and now we're pretty much paying what <laughs> kind of like before. But this time we get to pick and choose what we want, really. So, yeah, I, I guess that's and that's the thing. The good thing about these uh, streaming, um, the these streaming platforms, for the most part, there isn't uh, an obligation. Yeah, they will offer. I think certain ones offer the yearly tier um, at a, I guess, a discounted price. I do that one with HBO Max because I knew I know for a fact that I'll never cancel that. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, I'll pay the like the full twelve months or whatever at a discounted price. But um, 
yeah, I'm just glad that there really isn't any obligation because as soon as Better Call Saul finishes in four weeks, because <clears throat> I hate the their freaking app. Their app sucks, by the way. Mm. The fact that they got rid of the first half. Okay, I'm going to go to a mini rant. <laughs> the, the, the fact that they got rid of the first half of season six during their mid-season break, it expired. And I can't re-watch like, the first half of season six in preparation for the final six episodes is a travesty. I don't know why I'm paying them money. I mean, it is worth it just for Better Call Saul. But as soon as that thing, um, I, I just can't wait until Better Call Saul season six appears on Netflix. Mm. Just another reason to get Netflix, by the way. I guess so. I mean, Netflix, they would win a little bit grace with me with putting uh, the spectacular Spider-Man on there. But then again, <laughs> that should be on Disney Plus, honestly. But freaking Sony and Netflix, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Or you're going to have to just subscribe to stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway, uh, you know, we've been talking about HBO Max a lot. And you know what? My topic's related to HBO Max because for the TV. <laughs> oh, HBO Max is. I know, exactly. And not, I don't know if this was planned, but uh, this is the way it is. Um, this week's TV topic, Jeremy, isn't going to be on an episode of TV like we have the last month or so. We mm-hmm. feel like we've actually dissected a lot of TV. So we actually have a topic for this week. It's on Warrior Season 3, which happens to be on HBO Max. And the news that was revealed on their social media is that it is officially in production. So quickly, my question to you is, knowing that Season 3 is officially announced and it is in production, will this interest you in jumping back in on warrior because i think we talked offline we're both still mid late season one Mm -hmm. in one word yes Mm. because (laughs) i remember when i first got into the show or i was about to get into the show and my brother was watching it first and he was saying oh there's this really cool show but i heard that they just canceled it (laughs) i'm like damn never mind uh because it Warrior has gone up and down, had had this, I guess, scare every time that HBO Max picks it up and all that stuff. I forgot where they were originally. Oh, no, no, it was was Cinemax. It It was was a Max original. It still is technically a Max original, but Mm -hmm. it was kind of up in the air when HBO Max did the whole merger thing for their super streamer or whatever. And so they're like, oh, is it going to have enough of an audience for it to warn a, a season three? I see. Okay. Yeah, so there, it seems like every time there's always like this question, well, is it canceled? Is it not? Mm. And knowing that it's season three's production, it's like, okay, I got to continue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, um, uh, to just to quickly answer my question, because I have a bonus question for you mm-hmm. after. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it now, especially um, I feel like the shows, I, I, I'm looking for uh, some shows to binge uh, upcoming I like, I mean, we have this off season coming up. We have two months off uh, starting in a couple of weeks. And I kind of, there's a couple of shows that are a little bit longer that I want to do more long term, but I feel like this one is a good middle of the, you know, it's like only two season commitment. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like this, I, I forgot about this show because there's so many new movies obviously for our main show and like just other tv shows that like literally hit us dude stranger things hit us mm-hmm. with freaking nine hella supersized episodes um and then we got the boys we got mm. 
Obi-Wan. We got all the MCU episodes, uh, uh, new shows. There's just so much content that we were talking about that this kind of fell by the wayside. And so I'm definitely looking forward to it now because I don't know, like, I, lo- I loved season one. I kind of forgot what happened, so I might actually have to do a full rewatch from the beginning mm, to get okay. fully back in invested in it. <laughs> this is only two seasons. Uh, yeah, I know. I only watched six episodes anyway, so whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to rewatching it. But that being said, here's my bonus question. I mean, we, we, we've been kind of talking about shows that we kind of stopped watching. And so here's my <laughs> bonus question. What is the first TV show that comes to mind that you have started and have had a pretty long hiatus, but definitely want to jump back in knowing, you know, basically, basically since we're talking about Warrior season three and we both like stopped and thing. But other than Warrior, what's <laughs> another show that is basically at the head of the line where you stop watching for whatever reason that you're excited to kind of get back into. Uh, into watching. Oh man. I, cause I know offline we kind of talked about it a little bit and it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I know you're expecting me to say supernatural or <laughs> the witcher. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But there's one Cinemax original that I brought up before that's, you know, it's no longer on air any or anything. It's called Banshee with uh, Anthony Starr from, you know, who plays Homelander Homelander. from The Boys. And I think it's only like three or four seasons. And it's there on HBO Max. And I've started it. I'm somewhere in season two. And I just, it's so violent. There's a lot of crazy stuff, sex scenes and all that. So, you know, HBO Max and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) And so it's, it's crazy. But it's, I love Anthony Starr's acting in that as well. And after seeing The Boys which he's still like the best part of the show. He is. He makes the show. He definitely makes the show. It's like, if he's gone, it, there's some, the big giant sized Homelander hole left there. And, but in Banshee, he definitely carries that show as well. So that's probably one that's very on top of the list just for Anthony Starr alone. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, where's that streaming again? Sorry. HBO Max. HBO. <laughs> of course. Of course. And you know what? <laughs> the show that I want to bring up, surprise, surprise, is on HBO Max. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say Disney for a second. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's a show that I started. I, I watched, uh, I guess, the pilot. I really liked it a lot. And then, you know, like we got hit with all those TV shows that I had just mentioned uh, going into going into this question. I don't know if you remember this one, but it stars John Bernthal. We own the city. It's a it's a mini series, and uh, dude, I really liked the first episode, but I just like literally, uh, I I started what two months ago or something like that, and dude, I I haven't gotten a chance to actually watch it. So this may be the first show that I watch one once our off season starts. Oh, <laughs> I forgot. Uh, I remember this trailer came out. Remind me of John Bernthal, but. I remember you said that show is good. I I want to start that. I want to start that too, just for John Bernthal alone. Yeah. But I forgot if the it was a movie or a show called American Gigolo. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Is that a show or is that a movie? Uh, hold on one second. I have it right here. Oh, here it is. Uh, I found it. Yeah, yeah. American Gigolo is actually going to be a TV show on Showtime, and it's going to 
be it's gonna air actually September 11th, so it's coming up. It hasn't aired yet. Ooh, okay, a couple months, a little less than two months. That yeah. looks interesting. It's like freaking John Bernthal's aiming for an Emmy in one of these shows. <laughs> it feels like I'm like, man, he's in a lot of TV shows recently. Yeah, he's uh, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna show some skin. I mean, it's Showtime. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and it's American Gigolo. I think. Uh, what's the over and under? Maybe fifteen minutes in. Dude, I feel I'll like probably go in the scene. under. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Tevin John Bernthal. Yeah, see some gonna, Punisher ass. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're gonna see full butt crack first shot of this of Damn the it. show. Damn it! Damn it, Shane from The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, um, yeah, I feel like John Perthal does such a good job, uh, and I feel like I, I I'm I'm behind on a lot of his content, so I might just check out his filmography and then just literally start start watching shows and movies that he's in because man, he does such a good job usually. Yeah, he's always good. And if you ever want to watch a movie that he supported in, go watch Snitch with The Rock. Oh, because he right. was in yeah. that movie, and I didn't even realize that was John Bernthal. Jeez. Yeah, I know. I feel like th- there's certain movies that are like, oh, shit, is that John Bernthal? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. Well, anyway, Jeremy, um, I mean, this was this is, this is show has always been kind of our passion project. We like talking about TV and movie news, but... Jeremy, do you actually want to preview what we have on our main show on the Weekly Reel? Yeah, next week, a poor college student who dreams of exploring the sea has to become a caretaker of a girl in a wheelchair in Josie, the Tiger and the Fish, the anime movie that came out a couple years ago, and we're going to cover it next week on the show, and we're gonna, we might have a guest as well. Yes. I mean, you may be familiar with her. I mean, she runs our social medias. So there's there's your hint right there. (laughs) Speaking of our social medias, Jeremy, actually, do you want to go through all of our, well, the laundry list of ones that we do have for the Weekly Real Podcast? So for Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, it's at Weekly Real. Just type in Weekly Real on any of those. And then TikTok, which we should probably get on because I feel like, I mean, we're there. Weekly Real, the, at Weekly Real Pod. Yes. yes. I almost said the email, <laughs> but at Weekly Real Pod on TikTok. And hopefully we'll uh, start posting a little bit more there. There's, there's some videos on there, but in the meantime, but we'll definitely get on that pretty soon. Yeah, we're going to put uh, more of an emphasis on the TikTok. I, I know it kind of fell by the wayside uh, during this biz- busy fourth season of the Weekly Real Podcast. Uh, Man, um, I can't believe we're almost near the end of season four, but we're definitely going to uh, reprioritize that. So just be on the lookout for more TikToks and uh, more Instagram reels. We'll probably use those platforms a little bit more, um, especially since video is just, I mean, it's just so popular right now um, in in this day and age of social medias, right, Jeremy? Yeah, especially this short form stuff. I kind of don't like it because everyone has a 10 second attention span. Yeah, but what can you do, man? <laughs> got you. Got to roll with the times, adapt, eaching, all that shit. I just rewatched Collateral. <laughs> Remember that shit, dude? Freaking! I I watched this whole video essay on on Vincent, dude. It's yeah. so good, dude. It's so good. It, that movie still has aged perfectly. I mean, it's so good even to this day. Anyway, uh, I mean, before we close this episode, I just want to remind everyone to check out our 
current episode, our newest episode uh, of our main show on Thor Love and Thunder featuring friend of the pod, Joe Ash Youngberg. Uh, That episode is currently out now on Apple, Spotify, and all the major platforms. And also, as Jeremy mentioned, stay tuned uh, for our new episode this coming Monday, July 25th. Um, on our main show, uh, we're doing another anime movie, Josie, the Tiger and the Fish, featuring the triumph of return. You know what? I'm just going to say it. Andrea's coming back to the, uh, to the podcast. But until then, thank you for lending us your ears, and we'll see you next time on The Real. Thank you.